whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Hello everyone, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. This is our final episode, mini episode of a series dedicated to the business side of Ballet Dance gigs. And they will talk about nuances of how to structure a 20-minute performance, which is obviously different than just one or two dances at the festival or competition performance. 20-minute program, it's something... First of all, physically engaging, so you need to make sure you can survive 20 minutes non-stop performance, but also, as a solo performer, how to make it interesting for your audience, especially if we are talking about non-Arabic audience or audience that has nothing to do with ballet dance or never saw it and this is something new for them, because... uh, they may not understand the nuances of your technique or what to pay attention to. So you need to make sure that 20 minutes, it's engaging for them too. And I know that right now, during current quarantine and lockdown times, this topic of putting together a 20-minute show may seem so unrealistic and so far from now, but at the same time, it's never too late to start getting ready, to start educating yourself, to start experimenting. And I know for many of us, these uh, forced quiet times they forced us to take a look inside and to remind us about our dreams and our goals. And maybe many of you actually dream about active dance performance career and took decision that, okay, finally, whenever it's opened and whenever public events and gatherings are allowed, I am going for it with full force. No postponing, no delays, no excuses anymore. And maybe some of you are now taking really a lot of time to work on your dance technique to make sure that by the time that we get to normal social life, you are ready to present yourself as a professional dancer. Or maybe some of you actually thinking about twisting the direction of their dance focus and going from festival or competition activities more into the commercial gigs life. And now it's time to get information as much as possible. And this podcast definitely provides a lot of insights into the artistic ballet dance professional life. So many of our previous guests shared about their experience and trade secrets and definitely this uh, episode will contribute to this topic too. Actually what you're about to hear is one of the lectures from my recent course, business course for ballet dancers, everything about gigs. And in the course I included over 100 lectures just like the one that you're about to hear. And obviously, it's not just about how to put your program together, but it's literally about everything. Starting from the mindset and how to approach 
now dance as a professional career following with how to advertise, how to get clients, how to communicate with clients and explain and persuade sometimes. And of course, following the preparation time and the show time itself. So right now you're just about to hear the lecture about how to structure the 20 minute or 20 plus minute performance. But if you're interested in digging deep into the professional solo dance career at your local shows in your area, don't forget to check the course itself. I will include link in the show notes, or I'm pretty sure you can just Google business course for ballet dancers, everything about gigs by Jana Komarnitska and results will show up. On this note, enjoy the episode, keep dancing, stay calm, happy and healthy, and let's look forward to reactivating our belly dance costumes in the nearest future. One of the most uh, frightening or paralyzing questions for so many uh, dancers who are beginning or want to begin their like uh, solo gigs uh, is how to structure a 20-minute program. Like what to put there? It's not just one dance, it's 20 minutes. And we are going to focus on the most like popular, typical structure, around 20-25 minutes. Uh, um, Personally, in my experience, it's the best duration for a non-stop show. Of course, if I'm talking about some variations of uh, programs, extended programs, like I may include costume change, uh, I can include like different elements there, but that will depend on your uh, packages, different variations of packages and your programs and your specialty and your niche. So there will be a lot of individual uh, elements of it, of how you see it and you will know, um, you will basically like know pretty naturally how you want to, to put it together but we are gonna focus use the most typical let's say 20 to 25 minute um, program uh, that most likely you will start or at least this program you probably for sure will have in your uh, among your offers so uh, 20 minutes for us to survive and for uh, people to uh, see us and um, uh, hold the attention throughout the program. Of course, it will have a certain uh, structure and a certain part. So the first one, it's our introductory song, our opening uh, song. And that's the moment that audience sees us for the first time. For many of them, it may be surprised that they didn't expect to see ballet dance at the event. They knew there would be some entertainment, but ballet dance may be a surprise for them. So it's our opportunity to have that first impression, uh, to intrigue them a lot, and so that they keep following us throughout the program. I usually recommend to explore all possibilities of different measure or entrance songs, uh, however you call them. Uh, because usually that genre of songs, uh, they are not popular or known among general audience. So very often even uh, Egyptians, uh, Egyptian uh, clients, they will try to make me skip Mejense because they want to go to uh, the list of like really known uh, <laughs> songs and popular songs. And then they was like, what? What's that? Like, we don't know. There is no, like very often Mejense doesn't even have lyrics or if they have, but it's not... Uh, modern that ever um, known that everyone is singing around but the um, 
Mejense, the benefit of Mejense is that it's actually the genre of songs were created for the purpose of helping dancer to start the program. It's kind of like introductory. Very often Mejense's they are uh, written specifically for this dancer and it's almost like her business card. The composer did music and sometimes include her name in the lyrics, if there are lyrics in the song specific about this dancer. It's kind of like welcoming, like introducing uh, the dancer so she can enter, she can show her most um, impressive uh, elements of her dance show, but in a little snippets. That's why Imagine says typically they have a lot of changes in the mood, in the nature of music, in the uh, rhythms, uh, like fast, slow, fast, slow again, uh, different texture in the music, so the dancer, the performer can showcase like all her skills, but not fully open, but just a little bit to intrigue. And then later in her program, he can go like more in depth into like uh, drum solos with shimmies and isolations and uh, explore like, let's say that aspect of her technique or in the classic songs to show how she express lyrics or in some uh, melodic songs uh, to express the mood and just how she follows the melody. So, Mejense, sometimes I kind of think it's like a shrink version of our entire program. But in, in reality, it's really great opportunity for us to do the introductory piece. In traditional Arabic countries, it can be like 10-15 minutes just like Mejense's song, if not longer. But of course, today we have a lot of options for like five minutes, even three minutes, Mejan says, they adapted to also, we can borrow uh, the adaptation from competition world and insert it in our uh, dance uh, dance program too. You choose whichever ones you uh, like. Also, uh, introductory uh, song, it's a possible place that if you want to use some like fantasia, what I call fantasia songs, it's inspired by oriental theme. They are not Arabic, they are not traditional, but they kind of inspired. And if you want to enter with some unusual uh, prop and enter with that uh, mood, uh, uh, intriguing, like uh, femme fatale or whatever you put, uh, whichever mood you, you want to put into the beginning of your program, that's also a proper place if you're performing for non-Arabic audience, because for them, uh, they they will be more open to perceive like different props. Also, the introductory, uh, the entrance song, uh, is the time that I typically will use a prop, and uh, sometimes it can be like up to like two props I will put in the like one non-stop program, I can put like second prop hidden somewhere in the corner of stage and I grab it in the middle of my program. But typically I actually uh, limit, it's one prop per, per one entrance. So if I do a non-stop 20 minute program, typically I, by my own choice, I will um, tempt to use just one prop with which I enter. Like I literally hold it or wear it if it's like, I don't know, Shamadan inspired uh, program in the very beginning and if, if clients like really insist oh but we want more than just one or something that like, really works nicely with that songs or music then i will do some variations like to incorporate second one in the middle somewhere of the program but the first song gives me the most possibilities to to use also some uh, prop and again i will be looking uh the choice of music 
and the prop will be influenced uh, for whom I'm performing. So if I know I'm performing for an uh, Egyptian audience who is uh, very much into traditional, like the most typical ballet dance show, I will use just veil and just veil and one of the like most classical, like most. Uh, Egyptian style uh, measurement says. If I am performing um, also for Egyptian audience, but I know um, it may be like second generation or they're really into some like show element, uh, very often even Egyptian audience ask me so much to use triple wings. Oh, can you use that in the beginning? Because they saw that I'm actually not just holding prop, I'm dancing with it. So for them it's important and it's an usual show element. So again, uh, then I will choose measure set that would be appropriate for me to incorporate wings uh, into my entrance. Because entrance, it's vis first of all, it's visual introduction, visual first impression. People don't know yet how you dance. So in this case, like music, what kind of mood you are bringing, what kind of mood you are introducing, uh, and what kind of visual effects, including props, all together they will create the first impression that they will have from you. Uh, also, if I'm performing for non-Arabic audience, then I can even go into some like really like those fantasy songs. I will skip measure but I will put some like uh, whatever I am in the mood, use some extravagant prop if I want. If I know that my space is tight and I don't have much space, of course, I'll go for the most uh, easy to adjust props. It's veil, maybe fan veil sometimes, but small uh, that I don't need to open wide and uh, I will not uh, hit anyone with like sword or anything like that because I have a tight uh, a space and I may not see someone uh, like standing and going behind me or something like that. So of course the space will also um, give you idea of which song to choose. Here a little tip. If you know, if you kind of feel that uh, probably audience, your audience will not be much into the participation and engagement in general, sometimes you will get this information already while you talk to a client, you will kind of like have a feeling. Sometimes you will know, oh, it's just literally the beginning of the event, it's like wedding uh, uh, celebration, like dinner, I mean, celebration already, but it's at 7 p.m. is my performance that hopefully people will already be at the spot and not be late. They haven't had yet dinner. It's just literally they want by whatever reason to have it right in the beginning. So a lot of people will be shy and not comfortable in this setting yet. They just arrived. They don't know anyone like around and they're not yet in the like party mood. So you kind of know you may not be able to engage them a lot into the participation. In this case, I always suggest try to go for a little bit longer measure set. Uh, because measure say it's your performance time. You're not engaging yet people. So don't go for like a three minute measure set. Choose like five, six minutes, like a little, like just don't go for the shortest possible measure sets here. Use this entrance opening because uh, by default, that will be the most engaging uh, part that your audience will be really will be paying attention because it's new and it just happened in now, so they're interested by definition. Afterwards, rest of your program that already relies on you. Will you make it interesting enough for them to follow you, or they will just stop with that introductory song? But introductory song, use it a little bit to your like advantage, even in terms like if you know there will be not much, there can be, but you kind of think, oh, may, there is a risk that it's not going to happen much of participation, audience participation. 
use the durations of song uh, accordingly. Um, now, then after that, we go into the second song, uh, which I uh, usually still try to keep as my performance song. So I'm not trying to engage people yet. Of course, there can be situations that someone will be so impatient or so inspired that they will just jump off their chair, uh, get to me on the dance floor and start dancing. I cannot control those situations. And of course, I will like, uh, will work with it. Depends on like, uh, what is the person exactly doing and how the interaction or how the mood in the room is. Uh, but uh, by definition, if I'm planning my program, I'm trying to keep it still as a... Uh, my performance song. So I will choose something that it's obviously not measured say anymore, but something that is still a little bit like uh, difficult for audience to uh, dance, but I'm not going for any slow songs. I'm not going for any dramatic or sad songs. I typically think that because I'm invited for celebrations, people want to have a, a happy, happy emotions there. So those dramatic or sad songs, lyrical, like especially modern lyrical songs, they are appropriate for ballet dance world, for festivals, hafflers, etc. For parties like weddings, birthdays, etc. That's not why people um, invited me. So I never bring those songs to those events. But still, there is a lot of uh, uh, choices that I can put specifically for the uh, second song. So for instance, if I'm performing for Arabic audience, all classical songs, known songs that people can recognize, but they are not a party songs in their mind, they're great. Like Uncle Sum, Farid al like all those famous songs, great. Awesome. It uh, doesn't need to be classic song. I also can go for something like... Um, uh, what is so-called today modern ballad or ballad a la, a la oriental or accordion uh, uh, ballad, but I'm not talking about folkloric ballad, so don't be picky on the ter terminology because I know some dancers have resistance, like modern ballad, that does not exist. That's like not really proper term, but I'm trying to indicate which kind of songs I'm talking about. Is that uh, like... Today's uh, new genre of so-called modern ballad that we perform in oriental songs is oriental technique. And it has according, but the song basically, it's very, like the point of the second song is to make it different in the mood from the previous song. So I'm not doing measure or I'm not repeating fantasia song if you entered with anything like that inspired by oriental theme songs. Uh, I'm going for a very different in the mood music piece, but that has um, complicated structure because classical songs, they still, they will have a lot of changes in the beats, in the texture of the song. Uh, here she's singing, here is a little taxim, here is a little bit drumming. The same is like why I uh, sometimes choose ballad oriental for that, because it will have a progression. So the song, uh, it starts like slow, starts uh, with like a um, ballad call and response. So it's still dynamic because there is changes all the time and it's gr it changes throughout the song. So it grows, now it goes to a next section of ballad progression. Now it, it usually ends on a high, a bit fast, um, 
uh, note. So for me, again, the texture of music gives me a lot of opportunities to hold the attention of audience with new elements that in the music exist and I can bring from my dance technique and in general dance presentation and emotions that I put in each different like moment of the song. It's different from the previous song in the nature, but at the same time, it's kind of like uh, has complicated texture. So for people, it's not like they will uh, feel like they want to jump and dance and jam with me. So it holds their attention, uh, but uh, I keep it as my performance song. I'm not yet going into the uh, engagement. And again, this is just two... Uh, examples. It also can be some pop songs, but don't go for like songs that just easier to jam to. Like even for you to perform to, you need some still to perform and hold engagement already for the second song. You still need to have changes and need get help from the music, from the changes in the music to fulfill this task of holding uh, interest of the audience. So like, oh, what's next? Oh, that's something new. Even in the mood and the emotions that you, you bring. Then after that, I typically go for uh, part of participation with the audience. And why I always leave it to the um, second part of my performance. So first two songs, I keep it as my performance. So first of all, um, I can actually showcase fully my dance uh, skills or whatever I want to, to present. So that's a little bit for me too as a performer, which you also need to fulfill your artistic uh, interests. Otherwise, like, why would you do like really uh, this job just for money? It will fade down your interest and enthusiasm very, very soon. And usually we start doing those paid gigs because we actually love to dance. We want to dance more and we want to make it our career. But don't forget to fulfill your inner artist too. And uh, second, people need to get um, used to me and to the idea of ballet dance. Uh, that's the beginning of my show. It's very often like those two, like first half, two songs. It's very often a breaking moment for many dance, for many audience members who were skeptical, huh, belly dance. And then they see that I, which energy I project, that it's nothing like, uh, um, sex, that I'm not trying to seduce their husbands or anything like that, that I'm not stripping, that it's not a stereotype or the ballet dancer, she will be stripping or something like that. Or I'm doing it actually very friendly, very engaging uh, and very artistic. So this part, I really um, pay a lot of attention to craft my dance skills to showcase the best because then they see Many people have stereotypes just because they haven't seen ballet dance properly. They see stereotypical presentations of ballet dancer, whatever it is on TV, on, on media. Uh, maybe they were not lucky to see professional dance at the restaurant or somewhere else. Like we don't know. There are many places that they can build those stereotypes, but you showcase them. First of all, meeting their expectations, so meeting them at the place that they are. You're not bringing them dramatic songs that you're crying and struggling because they, they cannot, many people cannot understand and relate that, especially if they're not coming from the culture. Uh, and if they're coming, typically they're like, why I invite a dancer, I want to happy uh, to see happiness and then she, I don't want to see her tears. So. Um, 
that's another moment too. But for them, once they see highly artistic ballet dance performance, they change their opinion. Plus, they're getting used or belly dance is cool, or I see specifically this person, they had like 10 minutes of just watching me and getting comfortable with me. So when I approach them to engage, they are more responsive and open to actually be engaged. That's why I always, whenever even people, oh, we want to party, we want to uh, to engage crowds so you can engage and uh, interact with everyone. I still always say, yes, of course, there I can include interactive part and it's always fun and cool and no problem. For sure, I will try, like, do my best to engage, like, the whole crowd, but understand that, first of all, uh, engagement of, of, of the engagement part it's half improvised and it will depend on many factors like what is the mood in the moment uh what what people's reaction it not always necessarily depends 100% on me and then also i always emphasize second part of the show like begin uh, i may not always say like second part of the show like that it will be half of the show only in their opinion but I always stress like, oh, the beginning part of the show, I will keep as my performance so I can uh, showcase different uh, aspects of ballet dance and give full experience, not only of being engaged with ballet dancer, but actually seeing the ballet dance show too. And then of course, right after that, I'll go into participation part. But uh, for me, it's also very important and crucial that I not come to the room, people are surprised, they did not expect ballet dance, regardless if they are, have any connection to ballet dance from their culture or not, they may just not expect to see it right now at this event. And then right away I try to run and get someone into engagement and make people comfortable and dance. That's very often not happening. So whenever you go to the part that you actually want people to engage with you. Uh, there can be two, two, two scenarios. Sometimes people are so into your show already that they're almost like jumping on the chairs and uh, you need just to give a little signal like if someone hasn't yet ju jumped up on the dance floor with you, you just need to give a simple signal for them to join and everyone will run and then it will be the whole crowd dancing and jamming. That's the easiest scenario. Another scenario, maybe that they are still shy and not shy just because of you. They may be shy because of other people around. People always, many people feel like they are judged and observed and, oh, I don't know ballet dance. I will look funny. And not everyone wants to look funny or think it's funny to look funny. Uh, so uh, your uh, idea to make them comfortable as much as possible. And we'll have the whole separate lecture in the next section on how we deal with audience participation. But in terms of music, two very important tips that you need to always keep in your mind that you are putting together 20 minute program and creating your playlist. For audience participation, choose uh, the most familiar and the most uh, easy and upbeat songs, easy for them to dance to. So all pop songs, all those like songs that give a groove, uh, they may not know them, but at least they get that very easy um, feeling of like comfortably jamming uh, for them. So um, no like too difficult uh, rhythms, like they need to be able to uh, 
easily like clap to that and then of course we also want them to dance to this music but it needs to be easy for them uh, no uh, too much of changes like you you can put uh, songs that have changes uh, in the melodies or beats there but not too many it's not like every minute it changes to something else they need to have that a little bit time to get into that groove uh no slow tuck seams or anything like that because they don't know how to react and if they finally you broke through and they start dancing with you and then suddenly it goes down for too long especially it can be some short like 20 seconds something like pause in the music to switch to another uh, part fine but not like the whole sudden song it's a slow mellow no it needs to keep on that energy level and also second tip actually i'll give you three tips but second tip is that uh the music needs to be familiar to them as much as possible so this is the space if you're working with a specific community uh, try to think if first two songs you still have can have freedom of just choosing what you like and what you want uh, or choosing something neutral that will work for different like communities but here with audience participation try to include something that is the most familiar to them so it's, if it's Egyptian audience go for Egyptian like uh, pop songs uh, uh, shabby songs uh, uh, even like uh, Mahaganat songs whichever appropriate for family settings so always check the lyrics uh, but depends today we have so many different variations that uh, you can find what is appropriate there but go for the most popular not to impress them oh you haven't heard this song no go with the most uh, popular known songs that everyone will sing together everyone will want to dance uh, even without you uh, trying to make them dance if you're working performing for Turkish community uh, well I usually try to include songs that I like have elements like uh, from those cultures like uh, from Turkey or anything even in the beginning of my program but specifically for audience participation go for Turkish songs or songs that you know will be known and familiar to them so maybe it's not Turkish singer but um, Nancy Ajran they will know her they in Turkey they dance they're familiar or like Shik Shak Shok everyone knows in the Middle East Shik Shak Shok regardless where it came from or something that they they know if you're working for instance um, with Indian community this is the place and spot that I can afford to put uh, some Indian inspired songs or even like Bollywood songs personally I will always check and choose some songs from the movies popular uh, Indian movies that had represented belly dancer so it was the music from the scene that it was a belly dancer dancing uh, as a role in the movie so maybe she was not really doing belly dance but she was presented oh it's a belly dancer so for them it's a very like known familiar song and it associates with the idea of belly dancer so it at least have some connection but I will try with audience participation to um, really adjust my program to make it easy for people to be engaged in this kind of uh, songs to dance uh, Two. or I will choose something like neutral but something that is very like uh, a constant like groove basically what I just talked uh, before in the previous point in the previous tip that I was given make choose the songs that are easy for them to dance and the third tip very important 
for the section of audience participation, make sure that you edited your music that Whichever, like, because audience participation will be two or three songs, not just one song. You put in the ha second half of your program, so depends on the duration of previous part, depends on the duration of the entire program, but audience participation usually will be like two or three songs. Make sure that you put them back to back and sometimes even uh, one fades and another right away starts. Do not give any long stops or breaks in between songs because usually like people finally they uh, got courage to get up and dance with you or you persuaded them with like some tricks that we will be uh, talking about in the next section about audience participation but then they reach the end of the first song it's a clear stop and silence pause for like even like four or five seconds for them it's like you oh i can go back uh, to my seat i can go back to to being safe no you want to one song if you want to keep them for like two three songs on the dance floor with you you need to make sure there are no stops just like we talked there is no long slow parts there there should be no like stops or there should be no impression that uh, oh it's the end i can go back to my seat no one song either right away starts next one or i even sometimes like sort of like uh, mash the end and the beginning of next song so, uh, this is uh, the third part of our uh, structure of our show. And then we're coming to the last part, uh, which I usually put a drum solo. It's drum solo and finale. And um, usually, if, if I'm structuring just on my own, like in my ideal scenario, drum solo will be at the end because by the dynamic of music, by the nature of the technique and uh, my presentation, what I will be putting in my dancing, it's the, the highest uh, like energy level throughout the program. So it allows me to finish on the peak. I started with introduction, I intrigue them, I hold their attention on my second performance, then I make them dance with me. Now I need to uh, go to like the highest <laughs> energy and emotional level to finish the program. And the best option musically is to choose drum solo. Uh, of course, drum solo comes from the uh, after the part of audience participation. So if they really got into the dancing mode, uh, they will uh, they may try to dance even to drum solo and they will stay with me and I, it still can be I, if they're really into that, I, my job is to make them happy, I will let them happy and I will try to interact with them even during my solo. There can be a lot of fun, uh, cute moments. <laughs> there are two people trying to uh, guess and uh, d dance to quite a difficult uh, music such as drum solo. But usually because drum solo is very rich in texture and changes and it's for people like it's difficult to uh, if they're not familiar if they never had experience of dancing drum to drum solo music uh it's not comfortable something to dance to so typically uh, it's naturally will happen either people will go around me and give me space and uh, give me opportunity to uh like show and open this music through my dance skills and keep it as my performance uh, moment or sometimes they may even naturally go to their seats but it will happen like natural progression and usually i leave it open if people really into dancing with me again my task is to make them happy keep dancing with me and sometimes you will have a feeling that uh 
people so much in, want to engage with you that those two songs that, were, like, that you chose on purpose for engagement, it was not enough. So you're kind of happy, oh, I still have a drum solo, I still can continue that uh, um, mood, that energy, but because of nature of drum solo music, probably if not right from the beginning, somewhere in the middle it will naturally happen that most of attention will be back to you, not to their part in engaging, but what ballet dancer, how she danced to that music, that's unconsciously naturally happens, and you still hold their attention for the finale that you uh, finish, and you can clearly indicate, okay, now it's done, uh, it's my show finished, thank you, like bow and, and go away. Uh, so uh, this is the uh, like natural like drum solo, and I can either finish, like drum solo finished, and I just like bow and go, I can still have a little um, finale music, like 40 seconds, one minute, that will be similar to my introduction to the measure either similar in nature, or sometimes even this part of the measure song, I will repeat like as a 40 second, like little clip, but for me not to dance, it may be to do the final, like, you know, go around to bow, literally, to bow to audience, to indicate it's the end of my show, to maybe to bow and to um, say like a separate like a thank you and like end of my show to bride and groom, to the birthday person to acknowledge, or even sometimes to, uh, if they're on the dance floor, literally to come to them and like, oh, I congratulate you with the wedding or happy birthday once again. So. It's not for me to perform, but it's to indicate this is final section, this is the end, this I'm saying uh, bye to you, uh, and leave. And sometimes leave, like literally, like when my uh, last 10 seconds of my this finale section, it kind of like rolls, uh, comes to like energetically, um, to logical finale, you kind of can predict, and I just like literally bowed, say bye and run away and everyone like clear, uh, clear end on a high energy, like this level of energy is very peak, um, peak moment. This is typically will be the structure of my show. The only exception that I will switch two parts around uh, is if clients, uh, when they hire me, they clearly indicate that they want to transform my show into open dance floor. So if they are putting me like maybe after the dinner uh, or like at the end of the dinner reception, they want to start with a performance, but they want me to engage people on the dance floor and they want them to stay there. So DJ will take over right away to uh, to keep them dancing and moving. So I kind of initiate, create the mood uh, and make DJs work easier, <laughs> joking here. But uh, basically that's the idea. In this case, I will switch drum solo and participation part um, with the order. So I'll do entrance, I'll do second song as performance, right away I will do drum solo, and then I will go into participation mood, and I may not even have that 40 second finale part, I will just let the DJ like start his own music right away. This is if it's explicitly expressed to me that that's the intention and um, that's what client wants. Uh, I don't have any like personal, <laughs> you know, ambitious, like no, it has to be like uh, this way, it doesn't harm me, but with that 
that program, you need to understand that the very, very finale of your program personally for you, it may get like a little bit down because you dance with them and then sometimes DJs may start playing their own music even before your playlist finished. That can happen or if they may start it immediately. So people will think, oh, they are still part and we're still engaging. And then you kind of will be there as like, okay, but I need to go. And the moment of that finale, like high end that you finished your program may be lost. There is a big risk of that. And in this case, there are two things. You can either in this case, talk before and talk to DJ and ask, okay, once my music is done, you can keep playing your music, but please say in the mic, like something like, like, oh, please give applause, final applause to our ballet dancer, etc. So bring a little attention so you're not feeling awkward that you just walk away without anyone paying attention. Because if it, if you manage to bring the whole crowd, they're already in their dance uh, mood. So it's not like they will want to offend you. They will just not even realize or notice that you disappeared, that your, your actual show finished because you brought them to the dance floor. They, they will think that that's the part of your dance program still. And they physically may not see you among all other people around you. So uh, you can ask DJ to bring a little attention, but sometimes even though you ask, DJs don't do it. They have their own set of things. So for good or bad, whatever happens, it may happen that they will not do it, not indicate. Uh, and in this case, it can be uh, two things. You can literally just like get your prop if you left anything um, on the dance floor anywhere and walk away. Or you can also, if for instance, the host, the main, uh, the guest of honor, I would say, not necessarily the client or host, but the guest of honor, either uh, bride and groom or birthday person, if they're somewhere around you, you can also just come to them and say like, again, uh, congratulations with the event, it was a pleasure to perform and go away. So at least you indicated to them that, okay, that's the end of your program. Uh, and done and uh, or literally just you're trying to find whoever hired you, whoever the client is and just indicate like it was pleasure to perform and go away. But in this case, it may have like that little like always awkwardness, like uh, it kind of awkward, like almost like uh, you feel like uh, <laughs> um, extra person, like what I'm doing here right now. But again, you need to decide for yourself if you want to agree with those kind of structures or not, or you can come up even with your own structure because I'm just in sharing what I usually do. Uh, for me, I always pay attention like, well, if they really want to get into the crowd and people are happy usually, like they, um, so they get in the mood, they enjoy their time, whatever, like, I just know in advance that I may experience that awkwardness, but I should not take, take it personal. It's not like nobody paid attention to me. I actually managed to bring everyone on the dance floor and create the situation. So you should process inside you all those like possible feelings if you may have and just be ready that that may occur. Um, and if you don't want for sure anything like that, then just like always say clearly like, no, I will finish with drum solo. If you, if you, feel that's more matching or comfortable for you. In terms of in general, like dance structure, if you're talking about 20 to 25 minutes, in my experience personally, it's the best duration. So even 30 minutes for me, I kind of always feel it's too much, but this needs to indicate it comes from two 
uh, points. First, you understand your audience, the most typical, like who are they? If they are, for instance, uh, for Egyptians, you can dance 40 minutes and feel like great and uh, uh, it will be engaging and non-stop and for them and for you too. If it's non-Arabic audience, uh, uh, 20-25 minutes program, it's already the key to have success and have it engaging. It's how much thoughts you put into what element is after that. Because by definition, 20-minute relevance program, for them, it's too long. But it's in your power to make it interesting for them. Uh, and of course, uh, you need to know your dance skills, uh, or what not only dance skills, but your preferences of how you, you see your dance program. And then you will indicate what is for you the most typical, like best duration. It can be shorter, maybe for you it's 15 minutes and you see that really works great for your audience and that really works great for you. Maybe you feel 20, 25 minutes, not enough. Go for 30 if you feel like that works for your audience. And again, it works for you. Go for it too. For me, it was usually 20 to 25 minutes. That's exactly what I was always saying to people. My program is up to 25 minutes or 20 to 25 minutes. And usually I was putting five songs. Each one was like about three to five minutes. And usually they were ending up between that uh, time slot. Minimum 20, maximum uh, 25. If by some chance I was choosing songs that are too short, of course, I was adding one additional song. So to match the time slot of 20 uh, to 25. But your program, this is something that you uh, need, uh, of course, if you completely don't know what to do, base it on this structure and because this works very nicely, what I suggested to you, but don't be afraid to experiment and see according to uh, your uh, dance specialty and in general, like your uh, artistic even interests in dance, uh, what you want maybe to adjust. Uh, don't be afraid to sometimes experiment and try something new and different and see what works and what not, what doesn't work and then you will come up with your own like more typical structure, not maybe in terms of specific songs, but in terms of what kind of songs you're putting and what elements you're thinking from the point of view of your dance show to put into this uh, whole program. <laughs> if you're like me, at some point you felt that belly dance was more than just a hobby. You actually wanted to do it all the time and maybe even get paid for it, like performing at restaurants or weddings. I've been there and I know how frustrated you may be not even knowing where to start, how to make it happen, where to get clients, how to transform this dream into reality. That's why I've created a special step-by-step -step guide to help you launch and grow your solo performance career at local gigs in your area. This step-by-step -step guide is 18 pages of my suggestions on what to do first and in which order to make your transition into a professional dance world smooth and successful. And you can receive it for free. Yes, absolutely free. Simply check the link in the show notes to this episode or visit yanadance.com guide to receive the step-by-step -step guide and start building your professional dance life already today. That's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. 
and if you post it on social media please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast thanks for being with us and i'll see you next week same time same place